You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Hey everybody, this is Joe Swanson. Welcome to Sullen Radio. This episode that you're about to hear was recorded again at Muse Inc. Uh, just like the last one with Liz Cook and the one uh, after that this last week, which was with Lucky Bastard. It's with uh, artist, tattooer, sculptor, Eric Q. Quesada. I was turned on to his work uh, through Jeremy at Sullen and um, was amazed to find out just the depth of his artistic ability and uh, in this conversation that I had with him at Musink. So I hope you guys uh, enjoy it. I would like to thank everybody who listens to the show um, and tells their friends and, and supports the show and um, listens every week. Thank you very much. A couple people in particular I want to shout out this week. Um, some of my Canadian listeners up there uh, north of me. Um, thanks to Aiden from Bombshell Tattoo for buying uh, one of the Time and Tide prints that I have available right now. Um, and also supporting the show every week. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. And also thank you to uh, David. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. Um, but at Tosca Arts. That's at T-O-S-K-A-A-R-T-S at Tosca. This guy's a photographer and an artist who's really doing some cool shit with um, photography. I'm super into his work and I hope you guys enjoy it and would check it out. So um, thanks for all the support, David. I appreciate it, man. Thanks again for everybody who listens. I appreciate it every week. Um, you can find me on Instagram at OG Joe Swanson. Um, as always, and support the uh, official sullen radio page on instagram at sullen radio we also have a facebook page and shit like that so go check that out this is my talk with eric q quesada an amazing sculptor tattooer and i hope you enjoy it this is sullen radio with joe swanson the premier art driven podcast i have a pleasure sitting down with uh q quesada Artwork by Q on, on Instagram, correct? Correct. Love all your stuff, man. Thanks, you know, man. This guy's a tattooer. He's a, a painter. He's a sculptor. Doing some really cool sculpture stuff right now. Um, I love all the colors. I love what you're doing with the, with the skulls. Um, how, how did that... You've been sculpting your whole life? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually started sculpting in high school. It's, it's been... It's, it's what... I guess I'm more comfortable with. Um, I moved into painting only because I guess it was more marketable. It's a lot harder to, to sell a sculpture than it is a painting. Um, and then probably about 10 years ago, I, I actually started sculpting uh, marble with my, uh, with my cousin, um, Paulo Acuna. And so we were sculpting marble. I, I went out to Italy, studied it over there, wow. um, and brought back a bunch of marble. When I came back to the States... Um, the process for doing marble is, is so, uh, it's so intense, you know, and it's a lot of time that even though I wanted to sculpt, it was, it was almost, in a sense, it's, it's a little difficult because, you know, it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to find something that was a little bit more, um, I guess, uh, like hard in a sense or, or something that's difficult, but then something that's a little bit faster and easier to do. Right. So I started in with, with metal. Um, I had an old 49 Ford Chevy that I started kind of like welding and teaching myself. And that kind of just quickly just, you know, went into artwork immediately after that. And that's kind of where I started doing the sculpting with, with metal. So for me, it's, uh, 
it's one of those things that you know it's like the old like blacksmiths you know and i wanted to kind of like just capture that that yeah. feeling talk about that trip to italy to study study marble well back in um back in like i, I think it was about 2001 uh i actually started doing uh sculpting myself i, I tried sculpting marble and rock and what have you my cousin at the time lived up in Anchorage, and he was tattooing up there, but he did a lot of carving. So he's like, hey, you know, you actually need to get the right tools, the right kind of rock. You can't just start, you know, carving any type of rock. Um, when, when he was telling me all of this stuff, he actually had a few pieces. So he, was, he gave me, a, I think it was a piece of alabaster. And so we started, I started sculpting with that, and he showed me all the tools and the stuff that he was using. Um, and then I had an opportunity that arose from a house, a mansion. I was painting uh, some murals inside of a mansion. And the owner um, kind of convinced me and, and helped me actually get to Europe. And I spent uh, three months out there studying, wow. studying marble carving. So it was, it was, I mean, it was an experience of a lifetime. Before that, you know, I never really went anywhere, you know, like outside of, um, of, of Phoenix, you know. Right. So it was, it was crazy. Was it a, um, obviously it was a school that, that did teach that and they're yes. still, still doing it. Huh? Yeah. It, it was, it's crazy because the town that I was in was called, um, oh my God, I can't even remember the name, but it was next to Carrera and Carrera is where Michelangelo, they, they actually still have, uh, the rock that they would curry from where Michelangelo went and the, oh, Pietra Santa is the name of the town that I was in. And he actually went and carved there himself, Michelangelo. So it's, it's crazy to see all of that, you know, in there. I mean, yeah, the, the that's history. history, deep, mm -hmm. deep history, man. Yeah, it, it's fucking just crazy. It was crazy. What is you don't hear a lot about sculpting? Yeah, you know, um, rock and, and marble and stuff like that. What's the biggest challenge to it? The biggest challenge. I don't know anything about it or uh, how it, how it works or or anything. Um, well, for instance, um, with metal, with clay, with with almost any type of of other, um, I guess, uh, mediums, um, sculpting marble, you really have to know what, what you're doing because it's not something that you can add to. You know, once you take it away, it's, it's gone. Yeah. So you have to kind of like see the piece in, a, in already its 3D form before, you know, like attempting to do anything. So not, not removing... I guess, like, the material where it shouldn't be removed is, is by far the hardest, mm -hmm. you know. What is the process? I'm sure it's a very involved process, but what is that process like laying out? How big is the stuff that you were doing at that time? Life-size. Yeah, I, I went straight into to life-size. I, I can't, yeah. <laughs> I've never really been the kind of person that, that ever took on, like, if I'm going to do something, uh -huh. you know, I'd rather do what I want rather than, than uh, even when I went to the class, I remember the teacher was telling me, you know, no, you shouldn't be doing hands and faces. You know, that's something that's more left up to, you know, somebody that's already been carving marble for a while, you know, stick to something more, you know, simple. And I told her, you know, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to do, that's what I want to do, you know? Yeah. And so they kind of like, I kind of like thought, I, I guess I wouldn't be able to do it at first. Um, but after, after the first couple of weeks, they knew that I was, that I was going to be able to do it. So yeah. yeah, it was, it was crazy. What was it like that first, those first few times 
getting on this on the stone man you know what the working with stone it's it's uh it's crazy you know i even uh showed a couple friends of mine because it's it's so dense and it's so hard that it's not something that you can you can start sculpting very quickly it's not malleable at yeah all. exactly so it's, it's crazy mm -hmm. what, what kind of tools do you use to do that well at first at first we actually used uh like a hammer in a and it's a point, a, like a chisel point. And you kind of like start, you work with that just to start breaking it up and knowing where, like let's say if you're going to do a bust, you start, you know, figuring out where your head's going to be, the shoulders, and you kind of just do that. And you do that for a couple weeks, even though you're not removing a lot of material, it's good because you're you're starting to see where the object is going to start coming from. Yeah. Um, after that, you, you I move into uh, uh, angle grinders, and I use a diamond blade. And it's either like a six inch or a five inch diamond blade. And I'll start cutting, uh, like slivers into the marble where I know I'm going to remove, you know, a, a large amount. So I'll cut like slivers that are about an inch apart, probably about an inch or two deep. Mm -hmm. And then after that, then I get my chisel again and I break those out to remove, you right. know, a lot more mass. Once I remove a lot more mass, then I move into pneumatic chisels. So rather than using, um, a hammer and chisel, I use a pneumatic chisel, yeah. which is basically the same thing. It, you know, it's just a lot faster. Right. And then you can start sculpting it and you can start seeing a little bit more of where you're going. What's the, obviously with a painting, you drop your brush, fucks it up. Yeah. It, you know, what's the, what's the biggest risk in, in screwing up your project? The biggest, the biggest risk in screwing up your project is, is removing the material where it shouldn't be. Um, it's really hard. For instance, like let's say, uh, like if you're going to be doing hair, you know, or the face, well, you have to, you have to like slim down the face and the hair almost simultaneously hmm. so that you don't remove, um, like, cause obviously you want, like, let's say if it's by the ear, you don't want to remove that area too fast because what's going to happen is then you're not going to have space for your ear. Because you'll remove that, you know right. what I mean, without even really thinking. Right. So it's it, it's a uh, it's yeah it's it's a lot of thinking. Does rock does does marble do those things? Um, are there obviously you have to you're breaking parts off, you're removing the material. <clears throat> are there moments where material comes off accidentally oh, yeah. and and stuff like that? Yes. How do you deal with that kind of stuff? Well, there's, there's a lot of times there's fissures in, in marble. Um, yeah. one of the reasons that I went to Italy is, is also to learn about like what to get. So for instance, here in the States, it's hard to find like good marble. You know, you almost have to go to the source. And that's why I went to Italy. Uh, because, you know, moving the marble around, even though it's, you know, it's, it's very hard, very dense. It, there is a chance that there, there can be a fissure and you yeah. won't even know until you're halfway into it. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, my cousin and I, we, we were doing a sculpture, a life-size woman, um, full, you know, uh, head. It didn't, it was almost like Venus, so it had no arms, but it was a full body. And my cousin was actually working on the face and there was a fissure that ran like across her eyes, basically. And the whole head basically just slid off. The only good thing about it is that it broke in such a clean spot. That we were able to epoxy it back together and you never even knew that it, it, that it had, yeah. But that, that can happen, you know. And if you don't study the marble before you, you start carving into it, 
you know, there's a good chance that you can lop off a piece with, with, without even knowing it in a sense, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was, I was curious about was those kind of pitfalls that yeah. you may come into that, you know, you don't even know that you're going to get into it and you're weeks or months into the a project and all of a sudden it. Yeah. Well, it's there's, like, it's, it's crazy because when I went over there to Italy, I also seen some of Michelangelo's and he, he's got a series. There's about six of them, I believe, and they're called slaves. Um, now, the, the whole story behind it is that basically they're encased in this marble, and that's why they're called slaves. However, I have a different theory on that, because while I was studying it, you'll notice that, like, there's one where down by the right foot, I believe it is, if, if Michelangelo would have continued with the piece the way he was working on it, he actually would have ran out of material. So I believe that he never really intended for those to be enclosed in marble the way they're presenting them. Huh. To me, it's more like he ran out of material. He said, fuck it. I'm going to go get another piece and start another project. Right. So, yeah, because that, make, that make will happen. A, make up the story that, hey, correct. Is, you know, <laughs> for and sure. If, if you actually look at it, you know, if, like if I could show you the piece, you, you would, you would agree with me because you would see how it, how yeah. it is. And that's one thing that you can't really do with marble also. Because, like, let's say if you start with the face and the head, you can actually start mapping that out pretty easy. Then you move to the shoulders. Well, anatomy-wise, you know that, like, let's say an arm from the shoulder to the elbow is a certain length. Right. You know, if you run out of material, you can't shorten it because then it's just going to look awkward. So you almost either have to scrap the piece or figure out something else. Hmm. Are there different styles of um, a very traditional Italian style of sculpting? And then are there other styles that, that people get into that are recognizable styles within marble sculpting and rock sculpting? Yeah, actually, there it, quite a bit. There's a, a more more of the people that that actually do marble carving nowadays are more on a modern level. Even the school that I went to, they actually did um, a lot of like like modern. Almost, it's almost like a, I wouldn't say cubism, but it almost has that kind of like style or feel. Uh, I was fortunate enough that that the helper for um, the school that I was going to, he was actually from Argent Argentina, but he had been sculpting in Italy for quite some time, and he would actually do a lot of the gravestones, and so he would get commissioned to do that, and he, and in Italy, they obviously went with more of a traditional um, carving versus yeah. a modern carving, mm -hmm. so I was lucky enough to, to, to find, or, he, you know, to work with him, because he was showing me a lot of the traditional, like, ways of doing Methods, stuff, yeah. yeah, and he was incredible, I mean, he would do you know, roses, you know, just out of marble with the petals. I mean, it was just, a, you know, an incredible stuff. Crazy. Yeah, that's, that's cool, man. It's it's such a, you don't hear a lot about that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's yeah. rare you you pop into, you know, bump into an artist that has had that type of schooling and experience and, and continues to work in that, in that form, in that medium too. Yeah. So it's great, man. Do you, do you find that you use certain things from that experience in your metal work as well or is it completely different um no i i've always i've always been like stuck in or not stuck i've always i've always liked that renaissance or that traditional type of artwork and feel so in my paintings i use it quite a bit in my metal sculpting i i still use a lot of like the filigree or mm -hmm. or stuff like that and, and in my marble sculpting as, as well you know yeah. I, i've always liked that traditional feel of of artwork it's cool. always it's it's always been like one of my things that you know that that I've liked. I've liked um, you know, there's a lot of styles I guess in artwork and tattooing and in everything. 
but that's one that that I've kind of stuck with for for my whole time, you know, as being an artist. Yeah. How did the how did the skulls come to be that you're doing now with the uh, in metal with the flowers in the eyes and things like that? How, how did that project and, and those particular pieces come come to be? Well, you know what? It's it's weird because my, my one of my first shows was uh, Ink and Iron. And I actually ran, met up with uh, Gustavo a couple years prior to that. Didn't really know him, just started talking to him. And he was doing a lot of artwork. Um, and since I was an artist, you know, I started doing some artwork, making some prints. So when I went to Ink and Iron, I actually took um, some paintings that I had did and had prints of them made and canvas and all the, you know, whole nine yards. And since I was just barely getting into metal... I started make I'd made a few like marble or uh, metal sculptures mm-hmm. kind of to take with me kind of like to to show off in a sense but yeah. not not in a sense to sell cuz I didn't think anybody would buy it you know right. and when I went there I got such a a great feedback from that that it I mean with with that show it it changed my direction and what I what I was doing just so, like that just like that so I almost not necessarily stopped painting but I moved into the metal work because the metal work was actually more more uh I wouldn't say popular, but I got a, a good response from it because every you know there was other artists that were doing prints and what have you that metal wasn't around, you right. know, so it, it worked out good for me. That's cool. Yeah. You said that you went to Hawaii. We talked about it yesterday. You went to Hawaii, sold out everything yeah. that you had, yeah. ditched the suitcase. So you didn't <laughs> have to bring back the, the empty suitcase. Yeah. That's cool, man. It, it's It's nice when you hit those little spots where your stuff resonates with people and, and they dig it and... And they're willing to, you know. Oh yeah, willing to pick a piece up, you know. Correct. Yeah, and it's it's tough for an artist, you know, because a lot of a lot of us we look at we look at other artists or we look at other stuff that's um, not necessarily popular or or kind of trendy, but you know, we 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 try and find, I guess, like a niche, you know. Yeah. And and even when I got to Hawaii, you know, I was thinking. You know, all my stuff was was Mexican or like, you know, it had a heritage or Mexican heritage or culture to it. Yeah. That when I got there and I seen all the Polynesian work, I was like, oh, man, you know, I should have did Polynesian type skulls and and this and that. But it was funny because the Hawaiians there, they seen so much Polynesian stuff that they were like intrigued about this Day of the Dead. They ate it up and they ate it up and just, you know, bought everything that I had. And it was crazy. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, did you ever finish the the? Was it a truck that that you're working on that you learned uh, some of your welding? Did well, that, yeah. How'd that project finish? <laughs> did it get finished? No, yeah, it did get finished. I actually still drive it. I got it's a '49 cool. Ford chop top. Okay. And uh, I ended up uh, it's flat black, and I did some murals all along it um, in satin black. So it's kind of real hard to see the murals, but oh wow, yeah, it's kind of like a almost like a two tone. Yeah. And, yeah, and again, all of that's like in a Renaissance feel as well. I did a lot of filigree, but I found myself also in a weird position because when I go to like, let's say a lowrider show, car show, they think it's a hot rod or they look at it as a hot rod. And when I go to a hot rod show, they look at it like it's a lowrider. So that style really hasn't kind of like, uh, you know, I found guess it's tra- exactly place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did take first place, uh, in um in the lowrider super show in vegas with that wow. car yeah cool which was kind of weird you know what i mean because i i when i seen all the murals there and um i i thought just right off the bat you know i wasn't gonna place anything because you know everything was just you know shiny chrome and 
you know, just, you know, uh, full color portraits of people on cars yeah. and what have you. And mine was just flat black. And uh, I ended up taking first. It's probably, you know, I can speculate on it's maybe the same thing that happened in Hawaii. Yeah. People have been seeing the same stuff over and over and over for so long that when you introduce something new to them, they dig it. Yeah. Right. It's different than anything else on that show floor. Correct. Now, this car's kind of like that car, but it's green mm -hmm. and it's not yellow. You know? Yeah. But they kind of they're pretty much the same car. Yeah. And so you bring in something that is that is unique and different. I think that that intrigues people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've had people like even at Ink and Iron or other car shows come up and tell me, you know, he's like, I've been to a lot of car shows and this one, you know, this car right here is something that I've just never, ever seen before. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's great. It's good to get a response like that. That's you cool. know, yeah, that, that is cool. Um, when did you start tattooing? I actually started tattooing uh, when I was, you know, young. I was in high school. Um, I like i guess i i started using you know an actual machine <laughs> probably about six or seven years ago and i i started apprenticing with uh my cousin paula great and great. moved into in, into that field yeah what's that like for you in comparison to the other mediums that you've worked in you know it's i i like it because it's 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 weird because in a sense for me it's 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 a, it's almost like sculpting you know you're using a tool and you and you're you're adding uh, you know, inks to the flesh, which is to me, it's it's almost it's it's different than drawing. It's 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 to me, it, it it does feel a lot like sculpting. So it's the the hard thing for me is that I work in such hard materials all the time that to jump back and kind of like slow down and not traumatize the skin, right? Can is is kind of a it it, it can be hard for me sometimes because I got to catch myself, you know, not to be. You know, I'm not. I'm not actually sculpting the skin. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're working on that three-dimensional surface, but you're not needing to, yeah. to grind so hard, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. What style of of uh, tattooing do you do you like to work in? I like um I like black and gray. Um, I'm I'm moving more into to color, uh, but my I think my style again is probably more towards that um like that realistic or renaissance feel is, is kind of the, you know where i see myself going more yeah. towards yeah do you do you find that you've kind of hit hit your stride with it as far as developing that style or, or kind of that style being something that your clients see and want from you yeah i mean i i find it i find it myself doing more of it you know when i'm able to and it's like a lot of people you know a lot of people they have their own ideas or a lot of clients have their ideas of what they want you know and and then they kind of see your style. Um, the good thing is, is that I've done a lot of like paintings and what have you that they kind of like think or they know they see my style and they, they like it. So yeah. it helps me out in that aspect where I can do kind of like what I want in a sense. Because it's yeah. always I found that um, and I'm sure there's a lot of art, artists out there that will say the same thing. You know, it's it's like when when a client or when somebody like leaves you alone and lets you do what you want. You know, you, you come up with a piece that's very unique and, and, and very dynamic, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Instead of being restricted, you know, from from their ideas. Even though, I mean, they're good, but, you know, a lot of times they don't work, you know. And, it, and that's also a challenge, you know. Yeah, you have to you have to educate folks, too, on some of that Correct. stuff. Why, hey, why is this not going to work? Yeah. The idea might sound okay, but these are the these are the reasons, mm -hmm. you know, that, that it's not going to work. I think a lot of, most of the time when you do that, people take a step back 
and they will go, oh, okay, you're the expert. I get it. I'll, you know, yeah, let's try. Let's do it this way. And I think when they understand that the that when you're doing it the right way, how much better it will actually look. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, as opposed to going down their direction and uh, you know applying it that way, and it's not as dynamic as it could be. It's not as compositionally it's not as well put together or you know whatever the case may be so yeah i think talking to clients i think they understand that once you once you educate them a little bit yeah and and it also helps when you do um like if a lot of times if they if they're still not convinced you know i'll, I'll say hey well let me do a sketch you know yeah and i can show you what i'm talking about because you know and it's weird because you know like for ourselves that are artists you know, you see it in your head and you know what it's going to look like. But for some people, you know, they can't and they don't see it. And you actually, you know, you do kind of have to guide them and say, hey, you know, look at this is what it's going to kind of like look like. So you got to, you know, and then they, they start seeing it and that that confirms them that, you know, that, that that we're moving in the right direction. Is it fun? What's funner for you working with a client tattooing or, or for a commission piece of art or doing like the sculptor stuff where you have ultimate control over over that end product i well i think when i work you know like by myself it's always uh for me it's like very therapeutic you know i can sit there and kind of get get lost in my world you know um for me it's it's i've always done like my best work that way yeah um commission pieces are kind of hard because again you know you're you're working sometimes with their ideas so it can be a, a, a struggle right um, I almost rather work with the client a little bit more hands-on versus like a, like a commission piece because sometimes they don't get to see that commission piece like on a day-to-day basis. It's almost something that, you know, I have an idea and then it's, it's the end product. Right. So you're kind of got that feeling like, you know, like, oh shit, you know, I just hope they like it, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. It, it, it's, uh, it's totally different. Yeah. You know, when you have that input, I like having to a certain degree, I like having that input. You know, but I also like um, exploring things on my own with my art too. You know, yeah. and not having those limitations or those guidelines. Um, I think that's why it's fun for me to paint. You know, because I it's, it's oftentimes with watercolor for me, it's not as a big of a commitment. You know, yeah. I can if it doesn't get finished, it doesn't get finished. If it you know um, goes in a different direction, it can go in a different direction. You know, I can. You have less of that tattooing, you know, when you're actually doing something. But you get those clients who are like, just do it. Yeah. Design's cool. Whatever, you know, you can, you can add your flair to it with the color or whatever. And they allow you those, that range of freedom and, yeah, correct. In what what you're doing. So, um, but that comes with time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It comes with time and it comes with, again, you know, educating people and, and, um, connecting with your clients and, and them connecting with your art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally agree with that. Um, how, how's the show going for you today? This show's actually been great. It's probably one of the. Um, I've been. I think this is my fifth year at Music, and this is probably the busiest that I've ever seen it. So it's it's been a great show. They doubled the size, right? Yeah. They they opened up the that hangar out there for the music, and they have the other building is is more tattooing now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Last year, um, where the other tattooers are, was actually the the i guess the concert area where the music was yeah where the music was and it, it did kind of well i wouldn't say it sucked but 
it, it separated it so that when the music was going on, it was actually just really dead here. And now that it, it's out front, you got the people Still that are people floating. Exactly. So it's, it's kind of good. That is cool, man. Yeah. Um, so what's, what's on the horizon for you, man, artistically and, and business wise? For me, I, I'm, I'm moving more towards, um, I, I want to start tattooing more often. And that's where I'm moving, moving towards. And then trying to get back into, uh, um, sculpting Marvel on, on more of a, I, I wouldn't say a day to day basis, but probably at least, you know, a week out of the month is what I'm trying to move towards because it is a medium that, that I would rather work in versus steel. Um, just because it's, it's, it's one of those things that's, you know, there's not a lot of people doing it, you know, and, and I kind of want to just keep that, keep that going, you know. Yeah. You're doing a lot of uh, work on restaurants and, and different things. Um, how, how did that stuff come about? Um, well, it, it's kind of like in the same way. I was actually doing a lot of paintings for restaurants and murals and in houses and mansions. Um, when the economy kind of started going down downhill, they kind of got rid of the art like usual. People start buying the stuff that, that yeah. looks pretty. Um the good thing about it is that they they wanted like for instance they always need like let's say some type of steel work whether it be like rails or handrails or um, fencing something along those lines um, which I you know just quickly took it into artistic you know well why not make it you know if we're gonna make a fence let, let's make it look like tree branches or trees or right. something along those lines so I was able to give them what they wanted yet give them also something that, that wasn't out there, which they, which they, you know, they, they grasped, you know, really quickly because it was something that was bringing people actually just to look at it, you know, at a restaurant. So it wasn't your typical fence anymore, you know, and, and since it was, since they needed a fence anyway or whatever it might be, you know, I was able to still make, you know, a living off of it using that, that form. So yeah. it, it worked out really well for me. And that's kind of actually how I just moved into steel, you know. So it's, it's kind of like... You know, I guess, I guess as, as artists, we all adapt to what's out there, you know, yeah. and whatever's out there or whatever needed, you know, we try and fill that void. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. It's, it's not, I, I don't think a lot of artists are as well versed in, in multiple different, you know, yeah. avenues <laughs> as you, man, you know, and it's cool to see because, and you're also doing them at a high, high level, you know, it's not, oh, I dabble with this and then I dabble with that. No, you're taking it, yeah. taking it all the way. So it's it's really cool. Um, I'm definitely excited to check out some of your Marvel sculptors. Oh, sculpt, yeah, sculptures um, for sure. Uh, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, they wanted to commission you for a piece um, or pick up one of your um, either metalwork sculptures or or um, get in touch with you for a tattoo. How do they do that? Um, well, I do have a. Um, I, I I guess the best way would probably be through Instagram, and it's at artwork by Q. And that's probably the, the easiest and also being able to see a lot of my work. Because I do post all my stuff there, whether it be marble, painting, sculptures, or tattoos. It's all on my Instagram. Cool. Cool. Well, I would encourage everybody to go out and check in, check out uh, Q out. Um, Q Quesada, thank you, man. I super oh, appreciate you, man. it. You know, you guys can always go check out my Instagram at OG Joe Swanson. Selling Radio's Instagram at Selling Radio and the website SellingRadio.com. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. I appreciate it. Um, all the support. Yeah, thank, thank you, man. Thank you, Q. All right.
Well, that was my talk with artist QK Sada. Check him out on Instagram at Artwork by Q. You can also check me out on Instagram at OG Joe Swanson. Pick up one of my prints that I have available right now um, or hit me up for a tattoo if you're interested. I'd like to set up a few Southern California trips if anybody would like to. You can email me at joe at sullenradio.com if you'd like to get tattooed. So um, thanks for the support, everybody. New episodes every week on Wednesdays by 8 a.m. Thank you to Jeremy and Ryan over at Sullen for all the support. I appreciate all the listens. Have a good week, everybody.